at whyitworks.com. License number 30185. Intelligent Investing with Dino Lopresti. The book I wrote in this show, it's written with the objective to put information in your hands that you can really use. And I'll explain how you can go online and actually look at the fees you're being charged, all right? You can pop the symbol in on your statement, and I'll show you exactly how to find the fees that are coming out, even though those fees aren't on that statement. I, I know how hard it is to make money, but most importantly, how hard it is to safely grow your money. Saturdays at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, and Radio.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420, The Answer, or Salem Media Group. Our giveaways during this broadcast are the responsibilities of the host and or producers of the programs conducted in the contest. All programs are subject to contestant giveaway rules and responsibilities mandated both by the FCC and by AM1420, The Answer. Good morning, all. How do you do? Welcome to the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. I'm Jerry Quinn. Delighted to be with you this morning. Our program is brought to you by Terry Coyne of Newmark Knight Frank, Chambers Funeral Home, Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant, Valley City, Golf Tech, Joyce Buick, GMC, O'Neill Healthcare, Vincent's Barbershop on East 185th Street, and the Western Reserve Insurance Group. All of these good folks bringing you the Irish Show this morning on WHK AM 1420. Stay with us now for the next two hours until 12 o'clock. Our special guest, Mike Gibbons, this morning. We're going to be talking to Mike about a lot of great things that are coming up in the northern Ohio. So stay with us. Don't go away. Well, good morning, everybody. It's uh, a cool 19 degrees here in the Cleveland area, northern Ohio. It was 11 last night when I got up in the middle of the night and took a look out the window. And Did you go down to the lake? <laughs> no, I didn't. No. I, didn't. I, could, uh, I could hear the waves, though. It still hasn't huh? frozen. Oh. No. We, we still it's have. Shortly, it's going to. We right? still got Believe water. Me. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, uh, JC. And uh, we'll be talking with our guest shortly. Wonderful. Uh, Tell me, uh, what did you do all week? Sat in my quiche. <laughs> yeah, you didn't do anything. You're one of these retired guys. I was having trouble getting uh, the ambassador's uh, video off my camera onto my PC, and I finally figured it out. 
I had to use one of the ports on the back of the computer because the two on the front of the computer apparently aren't reading my uh, video camera. So I did that this morning. So I got that work, it, edit work to do this week. And this morning's video with Mr. Gibbons, uh, I will be working on that as well. Uh, Mr. Gibbons doesn't mind if we take some videos of him today to see. No, not, not a bit. A very photogenic yeah. kind of a guy, though. I've, looks I've like got a face for radio. <laughs> oh, Mike, you look like one of these Hollywood types. Another <laughs> Clark Gable. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, yes. Great to have you. Tell great, my wife that. Great to have you with us, um, Mike. Um, you're in. You're engaged in the uh, in the manufacture of a very very important. Um, piece of machinery, a pickup truck, which I love. I love pickup well, trucks. Well, I, I, should, I should clarify. I'm, I'm not really a manufacturer. I'm not an engineer. I'm, but we, uh, in, in fact, me personally, uh, uh, we're investment bankers that, uh, that create the financial capability to get something like this done. It's and a very uh, important part of the, the process. Well, you, you, if you don't have the money, you can't, you do, can't make, do make anything. the truck. Yeah, um, it was a, well, it was, it was an a interesting nice process. Yeah, it was a nice job getting Youngstown get the, get that thing working again oh. after everybody got laid off and they closed the plant. And yes, yeah, well, a, a lot of people were out of work, weren't they? Yeah. Well, you know, as you know, I I uh, campaigned a couple years ago, and uh, you could see the pain in in the in the faces and the eyes of the people in that region. And this is going to mean. As many as forty-five hundred new industrial jobs. Well, that's true, but yeah. that's it, it. It expands exponentially outside right. of, you know, because the they're going to put jobs. more people to it. That's right. Yeah. Well, well, not only that, but there's indirect jobs. And oh when yeah. You create a, when you create a pure manufacturing job, you expect seven to eleven more jobs to. to on top of that, to, absolutely. Of, yeah. How many you know. GM employ there? The last uh, amount they, uh, the the when uh, GM the had it. The, well, when GM had as many as I think. Ten thousand plus, but as as robotics came in, it, it, it it's you know pared back. But the last layoff I think was in the thirteen hundred to fifteen hundred range. Mm -hmm. uh, Lordstown should achieve that. If, in fact, they may already be there. I you know I'm a transactional guy, mm -hmm. so I don't talk to them. You're not sitting uh, in the plant. No. <laughs> so so you um, people called you and you called people and said, listen, would you like to invest in this great project we have well sort of, of. It's, sort it's, of. A, it's, an, it's an interesting story if we have time yeah, sure <laughs> sure we have we have plenty of time uh, um, a guy named Steve Burns uh, and you know I mean I'm, I'm, I'm gonna talk about uh, how this relates with what's going on in our country right now mm -hmm. because I think it's important that people realize that people like that are out there and that they're important to this country um, you know the the left wing likes to say, oh, these, these rich, you know, people don't care about anybody. Um, you know, they're, they're just for themselves. Mm -hmm. But Steve Burns, and, and he was a pretty wealthy guy because he had run a, a company in, in, young, in, I'm sorry, in Cincinnati for, for 12 years called Workhorse. And, um, and he lacked at Workhorse exactly what we were able to get, what he was able to get in, uh, in, in Youngstown. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to start off by saying that, you know, I've never heard an investment banker say that a deal was done by pure luck. Um, but this truly was an act of God. And, uh, and it just so happened with COVID, with the issues we had in putting everything together, with, 
you know, with a long history of looking for capital and being unsuccessful on the part of workhorse, it was it was a difficult, very difficult process, and I was very worried. And then a, a thing called the SPAC market occurred. Oh, and, that's uh, the special acquisition. You you got it. And, uh, and and the interesting thing about it is, I don't know if you you remember your history, but in 1635, tulip bulbs were trading for $750,000 a piece in Holland. No, no, I didn't and know I would liken what's going on in the in the capital markets right now to that. You have Tesla trading at a multiple of the combined valuation of all the other OEMs. You know, in, in the cash, and normally when you, if you're my business, when you, when you value a company, uh, you look at the, di you know, the discounted present value of all the stream of cash flows. They couldn't possibly create that much cash. And it's just, there's that much interest in that sector of the market right now. And frankly, at Lordstown, they were able to take advantage of it. And, and it happened at exactly the right time. And if it was ever divine providence, this was it. <laughs> and of course, it was nice that the factory was there. Well, that Already. was the great thing they had going for them. And, and let me go back to the beginning. Steve Burns came to us, and, and we were talking um, about how he believed he could buy the General Motors plant at a very, very nice price. And, uh, and, and I listened to him, and I was unsure whether we wanted to do it. And, and I've started a firm 31 years ago called Brown Gibbons Lang, and most of what we do is mergers and acquisitions. So we'll find existing companies that want to buy other companies. Usually we're rep representing the seller. And we do, you know, scores of these every year. Um, you know, 30 or f 30 to 40 of them. We have a real estate uh, department and we do a lot of real estate transactions. But raising $650 million for a startup is not what we usually do. And, uh, and again, it was divine providence because I had been in Youngstown. I saw how, how li literally pitiful it was. So I kind of had that in the back of my mind. And I convinced my partners to do something that's very risky. We had millions of dollars of, 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 of time and energy and you know, diverted attention in this when it closed. Mm -hmm. And when you fail at something like that, that money's gone. You never get, we get compensated at success. So anyway, Steve hired us and uh, our, our task was to raise $650 million from private equity. Mm -hmm. And we set out to do that. And we we're getting some traction, getting some potential big investors. Many of these investors ended up in, in, in the public offering. So they, they were interested enough. But when COVID hit, all the big players that we needed just dried up. They said, you know, we're not going to come out and see it. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we got to wait until we get clearance to even leave our office. So we were really stuck. So we did some, we did some preliminary bridge rounds to help Steve complete his engineering. Uh, we used uh, actually a friend of Steve's from... Um, from the Cincinnati effort at Workhorse to, to kind of coordinate for us. And we called our friends and family and, and brought in about $25 million. And that kept Steve going. But, the, but what I want everybody to understand is Steve Burns is embodiment of why America works. Because Steve Burns went to Cincinnati Moeller, 
He's an engineer, one of the smartest men I've ever met, but not not somebody you, you would walk up to and you realize that. He's a visionary. Would he ever come and chat with us on well, the radio? I'm, I'm gonna, I'll get you in touch with him. He's, but he's, and not only that, but he's a good man. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that had half, half of why I, I wanted to help him. He, he's he's a, just a heck of a guy. And there are, there are very few people that will literally risk the livelihood of their families to go out and take this kind of risk. Now, Steve, Steve Burns is a billionaire now. That transaction made Steve uh, Burns a billionaire. Now, he's a billionaire on paper. But the terrible things they say about billionaires are exactly the opposite of what's, what, they what are. Steve Burns A lot is. of them are. You're right. I see the company has a market capitalization of $4.4 billion. That's correct. Dollars. How did you go from $600? I'm kind of proud of that. Well, what happened was is is uh, a thing called a special purpose acquisition company all of a sudden oh. became uh, became uh, you know th the thing to do uh, there was a deal called Nicola that was done Nicola is a know. truck company that uh, is in class 8 trucks uh, for the you know for freight liners and the long haul and they were going to create a, a hydrogen fuel vehicle and uh, it's interesting because Another Irish guy, but uh, I was reading the prospectus, and I look in the prospectus, and the lead banker on it is a guy named Paul Donahue. And Paul and I were friends back in the 90s, um, and he was just a senior associate or a vice president at the time. And, uh, and he was now head of all capital markets at Morgan Stanley, uh, which is a huge job, obviously. But, but Paul, uh, I called Paul and I said, Paul, you did this Nicola deal. How, how'd you do this? Because this is a company with no revenue, no likelihood of, of being able to produce a vehicle for three years, um, no plant, and just really kind of an idea, pretty well-developed idea, but just an idea. And, and he goes, Mike, and, I, and just what I said to you before, uh, he goes, have you ever heard an investment banker say something happened through pure luck? And I said, never in my career. They're always the master of the universe, and, and they figured it out. And he said, this happened from pure luck. Somebody, a SPAC has to invest its cash within two years of its formation. They had a limited amount of time, and they put them into Nikola. Nikola, again, without a vehicle, without a plant, without even a prototype, traded in excess of the value of Ford Motor Company in the first day of trading. I remember that. Yeah. So... When people saw that, they go, boy, Lordstown is actually a real story. So, so, and this is why it's a real story. Steve was able to negotiate, and I was obviously with him through this, um, the acquisition of the Lordstown plant, one of the largest industrial plants in the world, for $20 million. And just the equipment in, in that plant was $2.4 billion worth of net book assets so you're looking at a plant um, that's just phenomenal it, you walk in and, and it just it, it literally just you just gasp it's like a wonder of the world my wife and I were at a, a, a wedding for one of my friends one of my son's friends in, in western Pennsylvania we stopped there and I had a key card to get in I took my wife and she just stood there she couldn't believe it it's massive isn't it uh, it's just gigantic 
I don't know how many acres, 100 acres. Oh, well, no, 700. Uh, 700 acres. Under roof, I think it's uh, 160 or something like that. But, it, but it's 10 million, 10 and a half million square feet of industrial space and 6.4 million square feet under roof. So it is just, well, and, and by the way, a building doesn't create a vehicle. Oh. And that's where Steve came in. He had been able, through the money we helped raise and through his own investment and his own taking of risk, uh, created a prototype that was brilliant. Just want to ask you quickly, electric vehicles, mm -hmm. uh, General Motors has predicted that they will be all electric by 2035. I think Do you agree with that. that? I think they'll beat that. If you, so buy, if you buy, so I won't be able, Mike, <laughs> to buy that Corvette that I always well, wanted, that big V8. <laughs> now I can afford to buy it, but I'm too old. Well, you can you can buy it, and, and, and now that'll be faster. It'll be electric. You can make a lot faster car with an electric vehicle. Right? Yeah, but it's one of the noise, though. <laughs> it will be. Yeah. What about the, that sound, though? Yeah, well, that's well. They're going to have to fake that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway, continue. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, electric vehicles, though, are the wave of the future. Would you agree? Yes, and you know, if you buy a, a Lordstown Endurance, I have my order in, and you should all get yours in. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it cost you 100 bucks or some 400 bucks. I, I forget, but uh, it will save you between six and eight thousand dollars a year in, in fuel and maintenance. So, and you're going to buy this for $52,500, and you're going to get a $7,500 tax credit from the federal government, and what we're, what we believe is also another $1,500 from the state of Ohio for the charging apparatus. Mm -hmm. So, you're going to be able to have a, a truck out the door in the $45,000 range that you literally don't have to pay for uh, because over six years you get it all back in savings. Mm -hmm. It, it's got a 260-mile range, uh, mile range, and um, it, it's just a phenomenal vehicle. Do you think so that— they're going to manufacture the, the batteries there? No. Not so. Uh, they're going to pack the batteries. Their batteries uh, require a, a pretty sophisticated plant and, a, and, and on its own an investment in the billions. Um, they're going to buy the batteries. I'm not sure where, but, but there's only four, really four significant battery manufacturers in the world. Um, and, and you know we were talking to Samsung and and um, LG and you know, Korean and they're all Asian uh, com companies that make the battery. Um, but Steve again, with his vision and his genius, was able to develop develop a, a method of packing that battery in that vehicle that is incredibly efficient and protect it. This will have a five star rating for safety. And one of the big problems with the other manufacturers are they they found it impossible to pass the crash tests that the that NHTSA, the the government agency that you know that tests these things mm -hmm. for for the consumer. Um, we've we've already had uh, you know a, a passing of all the tests in a computer simulation, which correlates ninety nine percent. So I I see a path to production in early fall. Um, they will begin production in April. They'll have prototypes that will go through the testing, and, and you'll be able to drive an endurance now, to a football game. That's incredible. Well. Mike, how many, how many people will you employ, you think, in September when you, when you launch this? Um, I, you know, I don't know the and what do you number, think? but what I do would you, say probably in the area of 1,500. And what about full production when it goes? What, where do you think it could well, go? Well, Steve's projections were, and 
in the data that I've seen, about 4,500 would be where. So those are mostly people from around the Youngstown, Warren area. This has to be huge for this area. It is absolutely the greatest thing that ever happened, uh, you know, at least in this decade to to Youngstown. Man, if you were ever in politics and thinking of running for politics, (laughs) my goodness, wouldn't that give you a great boost around (laughs) Youngstown? Speaking of that. Are you um, are you giving any thought? Because I heard some rumors around town that you might be thinking of uh, uh, filling in for Rob Portman. Well, I, I I can't make any commitments here, but we're definitely uh, in the final throes of making the decision, and I think you'll hear something here in the next few days. Well, you have been a definite throws. maybe on that one. <laughs> a definite maybe. You almost <laughs> sound a bit like a politician, oh, yeah. though I know you're not. <laughs> well, I am not, and, and I am the true outsider. So. And I, frankly, I think we need more outsiders. Uh, sure do. Um, let me ask you, um, you told us about the cost. Uh, oh, I, I don't want to, I want to go back to politics here for a second. What sure. do you think ab- about term limits in politics? I, frankly, I think they're essential. You know, what we've created is a political class. And... Um, and it's people, and in fact, I found this out the last election. I learned a lot the last time I ran. Nobody gave me much of a, a chance, and I didn't understand. I probably didn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it all said and done, um, in six months of campaigning, uh, I won 38 counties in Ohio. We got 35% of the vote. And that was with Donald Trump campaigning against me and the endorsement of the state and our own county uh, going to my opponent. So, wait a minute, I'll stop there. <laughs> when, when I saw you and Trump were down at young, uh, down at the Lordstone plant, and I thought he had his arm around just saying no. you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Donald Trump had a lot more to do than figure out this, this uh, joker from, uh, from Ohio that's gonna run for the Senate. But that's the political class I'm talking about. He was told by his advisors, and the reason it was done is very simple. They wanted Mike, De- the establishment wanted Mike DeWine to be the governor, and they were going to ram it through one way or another. And a guy named Jim Renacy was running against Mike DeWine, and Jim was a threat. So at the highest levels in the Republican Party, they told Jim they wanted him to run for the Senate and get out of the, the governor's race. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what they did. And... I was told to drop, and at the time I was told to drop, I was winning by seven points according to the Ohio Republican Party polls, and basically they said, well, that you won't be by the time we get done. I am and, and, disgusting. And, yeah, well, it well, is. And, and Trump, Trump uh, was elected by a landslide in this state, but all 38 counties that I won were Trump counties, and in some cases I had higher margins. So even though Trump was made 2.1 million robocalls for my opponent, and you know somehow they figured out I had to be believing the same things that Donald Trump did, um, and uh, you know in the end uh, I lost, but I learned a lot, and uh, I don't see a repeated at this time, and I have a year and a half to campaign. So, so. two <laughs> days from now we may hear something. You just might. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mike, we're going to take a break because I want to talk to you 
about that privileged background that you had growing up on the Absolutely. near west on the near west side of Cleveland. Sure. We want to talk about that. Sure. What it was like when you were a paper boy and all the great things you did. Can we? In the meantime, let's uh, let's play some music. Well, this is the first song. Yeah. We always do this, Mike, on this program. The very first song. I've listened to you before. It's yeah. called um, "A Ragged Old Flag," and I think uh, you know we are very patriotic here. Colleen and Eddie and JC make certain that I play it every every Sunday. Uh, so here it is. This is the opening, and then we'll play um, a couple of jigs and reels. Here's here's Johnny Cash. I, I walked through, through a county, county courthouse, courthouse square on a park, park bench. An old man was sitting there. I said, "Your old courthouse is kind of run down." He said, "No, it'll do for our little town." I said, "Your old flagpole has leaned a little bit." And that's, that's a ragged right. old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it, and it got, got powder, powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said, watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packenham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag, but she waved on though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville, and she got cut again at Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waving back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, and refused. And the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin, but she's in good shape for the shape she's in. Cause she's been through the fire before. And I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning. We take her down every night. We don't let her touch the ground and we fold her up right. On second thought, I do like to brag, cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag. That's, jo that's Johnny Cash here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Right now, here's Tip Splinter all the way from Toronto.
That's the group called Tip Splinter, all the way from Toronto, Canada. Let's go over to Galway now, and here's the Galway girl, Sharon Shannon and Steve Earle. I took a stroll on the old long walk of the day I, I, I met a little girl and we stopped to talk on a fine soft day I, And I asked you, friend, what's a fella to do? Cause her hair is black and her eyes are blue And I'd be right then, I'd be taking a Salt you from with a call we Steve Earle and Sharon Shannon here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Uh, you know, if you are thinking of buying, selling, or leasing commercial real estate, there's one name should be foremost in your thoughts, and that is Terry Coyne. It's a big deal to go out and expand your business, contract your business, relocate, even renew with your existing landlord. We wake up every day and help people find new office space, new industrial space, retail, land, investment sales. In a sense, I manage people's money. It just happens to be hard assets in our business. Information is everything. You need someone who's got deep experience, knows the market, has a good team, has a track record. We're booming. It's never been better. For more information, go to TerryCoin.com. 
When locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care on Cleveland's west side for more than 50 years. Whether needing assisted living, memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care with compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us at 440-808-5500 or visit us online at O'NeillHC.com. Top of the morning. Western Reserve Group has proudly served Ohio for over 100 years. Their mission has been to provide families with quality insurance protection for their home, auto, business, and farm. For more information about Western Reserve Group, contact your local Western Reserve Group independent insurance agent or go to their website at www.wrg-ins.com to find an agent near you. Hi, I'm Mike Joyce from Joyce Buick GMC, inviting you to visit our dealership for a new Buick or GMC. Joyce has a great selection of new Buicks and GMCs in stock, and we're offering you the best in pricing and customer care. Come see why Buick is the fastest growing car manufacturer in the U.S. Joyce Buick GMC, serving you for over 45 years. That's right, folks, at uh, Joyce Buick GMC. I see all of the 21s. They're in stock right now, so get to Joyce. They're located at 38039 Chester Road in Avon. You can see the complete selection at drivejoyce.com. Mike, Kevin, and Sean Joyce, they're on the premises every day. They have great deals on the new cars and trucks right now. Of course, they have the Terrain, the Acadia, the Sierra, and the Yukon, and the GMC line, and, of course, in the Buick Envision, Enclave, Lacro uh, and the Regal. Stop in and see them, or you can call them at 440-934-6600. Tell them you heard it on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. It's 1039. You can call us at 216-901-0945. Now this. Improve your golf game with Golf Tech. Take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology. Golf Tech has six area locations. Your golf game goes further with Golf Tech. Visit one of Northeast Ohio's Golf Tech locations or go to golftech.com. Golf Tech. Proven path to proven results. In our studio this morning, we have Mike Gibbons. Um, and uh, Mike is what Eddie Crawford would call a serial entrepreneur. Would that be a correct <laughs> description? Well, uh, I'm not as serial as Eddie. I, <laughs> I, uh, I uh, started a company uh, going to be 32 years ago in, in August. And I've kind of stuck with that, but I've done a few things on the side. And, and we built a pretty good uh, real estate uh, business. Yeah, I'm sure there are people listening to you now, Mike, saying, look, at, there goes another one of those guys from a privileged background, his <laughs> father and mother and dad, <laughs> loads of money and all the all, all, silver spoon. Talk to me about your background. 
Well, where did you uh, where were you born? I was born on West 77th, and uh, I lived in the top of a double. Uh, and I still drive by there once in a while just yeah. to kind of relive where where I lived. And St. Coleman's Parish, right? St. Coleman's, yeah. My mom and dad were married there. I was baptized there. And then we made it big, and we moved to Parma. Out to where Cotton Dale is. And my dad you know, bought a, a tract home, and uh, you know, it, was a, it was the American dream for my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I d- we had four kids. My, my, uh, my mom didn't work. My dad was very traditional. My dad had two jobs. Of course. And um, to the day my dad died, he had no idea what I did, none. He thought I won the lottery or something, and uh, and, and I was very fortunate. I, my mother, uh, I was hanging around with some questionable people in the neighborhood, and she said, "You are going to Ignatius. I'm getting a, you away from those people." And I went to Ignatius. Greatest thing I ever did in my life. I, I, I uh, I've adopted the men for others. But you were a pretty good student, I heard. I was a pretty good student. Yeah. yeah. Well, and my dad was suspicious of that. <laughs> All these A's, you know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, I, I got through Ignatius, and uh, and my my interest became almost exclusively sports. So my dad was a coach. My dad was a wrestling coach at John Marshall High School, and uh, it was our it was the culture of our family. You know, you you, you are, it was all about what what you know what season is coming up next. Um, I've often regretted I didn't get in the, I didn't serve any time in the military, but it was never part of my culture. I just didn't even think of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I was also uh, practical. Uh, I recognized I was not going to play in the NFL. Uh, did pretty well at Ignatius. And what uh, what what did you play at? What position? At, well, I started as a quarterback, and, and that quickly ended uh, after I gained seventy five pounds. No, okay. Now the problem was they needed a calendar to time me in the forty after I gained those seventy-five pounds, but I got my speed back by the time I was in college. I got a few D1 rides. Um, my dad never forgave me for not taking one at Syracuse, and uh, I signed up at Cornell, and uh, and I was going to play there. I wanted to go to Yale because there's a guy named Brian Dowling that was my hero. Oh yeah. And uh, and and I wanted to follow in his footsteps. I was. <laughs> The fresh, I was a freshman quarterback at Ignatius, and I was on track to be a Brian Dowling. Well, there aren't many Brian Dowlings, and I wasn't one of them. But uh, uh, anyway, I was, I was heading off to Cornell, and my friend Jack Corgan ended up going there. Uh, right before we graduated, I called the coach, and I recognized my parents would be able to see me play maybe two or three times because they couldn't have afforded to get to the games. Um, you know, I had a... I had a girlfriend in Cleveland. She was pressuring. Uh, and I went down just to kind of a get out of a day of school to see Kenyon College. And uh, I fell in love with the place. In fact, I had two sons that graduated from there. That's a liberal arts school, isn't liberal it? Liberal arts. But I will tell you this. I majored in political science and economics. Started out as a math major, but uh, with three sports, it's pretty tough to do that there. Ended up with political science and economics. Um, and I, I, I only had one liberal professor in either of those fields of study the entire time I was there, and he taught Marxism. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who else went there, I think, is Kevin O'Donnell? Yes, he did. Kevin yes, he did. was he the CEO. At he yeah. was the CEO of Cifco Industry, Absolutely. Mayo Person of the Year. Yes, he was a terrific guy. Uh, 
I love Kevin, and I was on a board with him, a food company board, and got to know him pretty well. He was uh, he's a special guy. He was yes, also he was a wonderful acting person. head of the Peace Corps. Uh, That's right. He, That's had a, right. he had an incredible so, resume. So anyway, you went to Kenyon, yes, and they didn't indoctrinate you. You know, they well they. Or did you indoctrinate them? Well, you know what? They've been very good to me over the years, and and uh, I did pretty well academically, and got a scholarship to business school. I wanted to go to law school, couldn't afford it. In fact, and my dad took me to uh, Cleveland Trust and said, this kid got into a bunch of good law schools. You know, can he borrow the money for the tuition? He said, well, what are your assets? <laughs> and I said, you're looking at it. <laughs> it was me. Yeah, and my, he goes, well, we don't, we don't lend on people. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so we walked out, and I said, Dad. My dad said, We're, we'll put the house up. And I said, no, you won't. And again, divine intervention. Got two letters, one from the University of Pittsburgh and one from Case Western Reserve saying you got a full ride to business school. Nice. So I went to business school and I was very fortunate. Um, I did an internship at, uh, at McDonald and Company. I walked around and I saw people that made in a week what my dad made in a year. And I said, this was for me. <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't like, you know, I was never... I don't think I've ever been materialistic, but when I was in, in, in college, my father lost one of his jobs. And it was a crisis in our family because they needed every nickel he made. And, uh, and my mom called me at school and told me she was crying. And, and she, he worked for the city of Cleveland, his second job, he worked for the recreation department. And I came home at Christmas and I said, where's dad? And she, and she said, he's at work. I said, well, where is he working? And he was working in a car wash in Rocky River, Ohio. And I went to that car wash, and I watched my father, who to this day is my hero, wiping down bumpers. And uh, I changed my whole view of the world that day. It was, it, you know, I, I hate to think that misfortune could could drive you and it was the reason, but it, it literally convinced me that I had to change the economic plight of our family and I've been able to do that. And I, you know, I think uh, I've been about as blessed as anybody could possibly be. I have five great kids um, and you know, I've, I've attained freedom for myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but Mike, I just, uh, I'm just looking at um some of your bio here, and it says you delivered the Cleveland Press even. Yes. Uh, the paper. I had a paper route uh, for the Parma people. It was uh, Zona Lane, Ann Arbor, and Debbie Drive, and uh, Sleepy Hollow. I had 73, uh, you know, at least at one point I had I 73. I bet you rented it as a business, too. You probably <laughs> did, huh? You didn't, I did. keep, you didn't keep all the money. <laughs> well, but back then, you could make enough money to pay your tuition at Ignatius at a paper route. Really? When I started Ignatius, it was $350 tuition because the priests weren't getting paid anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, as, as they had less priests, it got more expensive. And I put two kids through there, and it's not $350 anymore. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> no. And uh, also you worked odd construction jobs? Right. Uh, well, I often say this, and when I, I did when I campaigned, they said, well, you're an investment banker. Nobody's going to vote for it. And I said, well, I'm also a concrete finisher. So uh, why don't we just go with that as a story? <laughs> you did but I, I did concrete work, and I loved it. And I will tell you that when you wheel 25 yards of concrete in a day up and down hills, you're going to be real tough to block come football season because it really helps your core strength. Great, great. So it was a, 
it was a great uh, again it was just a, I was blessed and, and I had it was one of my dad's ex-wrestlers that hired me um, so connections I guess I had some connections yeah, well, with a name like Gibbons and <laughs> the concrete well, work. Well, it, it, actually, my grandfather was president of a local 310, and he was a he was a concrete worker too. Uh, he he worked on road construction, and my dad knew how to finish. And uh, I started out as a laborer, but uh, I tried to pick up some of the skills. And if, uh, if I ever went to the Senate, I could put in a few driveways for him if they wanted me to. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Mike, I want to come back more when we talk more business and maybe a sure. little bit more politics, if you don't Absolutely. mind. Absolutely. Can you hang with us? Sure. All right. Okay. Uh, Eddie, go ahead. Yes, Mr. Quinn. Okay, we've got uh, Bridie Talty called in, the Queen of Westport. Uh, she wanted to say good morning to Bridgie Conway. And also, uh, good big shout-out to uh, Paul O'Neill, and his gorgeous and gracious wife, Noran. And their granddaughter is the one that gave me the, that hat. Her uh, boyfriend is a g g mechanical engineer working at Lordstown right now. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where I got the hat. <laughs> so, and then our good buddy, Tommy McGiven, he called in and wanted to say hi, especially to you, Colleen, hi, the Colleen. beautiful one. Hope you're doing well. Jerry doesn't fit that. So, <laughs> and that's to all. He said he wanted to say hi to you too, Jerry. Oh, okay. That's okay. good to hear. There All you right. go, Tommy. Here's the cash jig.
Happy Band here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. The music that was recorded live in Dublin when uh, Christy Moore was part of the group. You got to start with the Bati Band. That's a good many years ago. It's 10.55 here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Mike Gibbons is our special guest today. What do we got coming up? Oh, Whiskey on a Sunday. Hang on a minute. What do you want to... This will bring us right up to the top of the hour. Come day, go day, wishing me hard it was Sunday. Drinking buttermilk through the week, whiskey on a Sunday. He sits on the corner of old beggar's bush on top of an old hanging crate. He has three wooden dolls that can dance and can sing And he croons with a smile on his face Come day go day Wishing me hard it was Sunday Drinking buttermilk through the week Whiskey on a Sunday His tired old hands tug away at the strings they dance up and down A far better show than you ever would see In the fanciest theatre in town Come day go day Wishing me hard it was Sunday Drinking buttermilk through the week Whiskey on a Sunday Sad to relate that old sad Divi died in 1904. The three wooden dolls in the dustbin were laid. His songs will be heard nevermore. Come day go day, wishing me hard it was Sunday. Drinking buttermilk through the week, whiskey on. Sunday. Some stormy night when you're passing that way, and the wind's blowing up from the sea. You'll still hear the song of old sad Davy as he croons to his dancing doll's tree. Come day go day, wishing me hard it was Sunday, drinking buttermilk through the There they are, they are the Irish Rovers here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. You can call us at 216-901-0945. Now, uh, just to, here's this message from Gandalf's.
the best European-style pub is nearby at Gandalf's in Valley City. Whether you're in for brunch, lunch or dinner, the chef's inspired menu will cast a spell of deliciousness, keeping you coming back for more. Plus, live entertainment, a large craft beer selection and great service make Gandalf's Pub one of the area's liveliest gathering spots. For great food and fun, it's Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant, Route 303 in Valley City. That's right. Get, excuse me. Get out there to Sean Lackey's place in Valley City, Ohio. You love the pub. I was there a couple of weeks ago, and Nellie and I had dinner there. It was wonderful. And, of course, Sean comes out and talks to everybody. You know, a lot of places today you go, you'll never see the owner. It's always the big corporate place. But here you see the owner. It's a wonderful place, and Sean is just a wonderful host. And especially with the summer coming up now, you'll really enjoy a visit to Gandalf's. And, of course, everybody in the city knows Sean's father, Sean, and then his mom, uh, Eileen, great supporters of all the Irish events. It's uh, coming up to the top of the hour right now. Jay Sekula sees another circus going on in Washington. This is basically the Senate saying, and 45 members saying, there's no jurisdiction upon which to hear it. You don't have the Chief Justice of the United States uh, in the chair. So that tells you this is not an impeachment of a president. So what is this an impeachment of? Well, it's really not an impeachment. It's more like a, it's more like a political harassment trial. Jay Sekula, live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1420. The Answer, and on Radio.com. This is AM 1420, The Answer, WHK, W273DG, Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group. And we are in our number two of the Irish program here on WHK and on the Internet at WHKRadio.com. Now, um, Mike Gibbons is our guest this morning. Um, Mike is uh, a man that raised a lot of the money as an investment banker for the new electric truck that's going to be built in the Lordstown plant uh, near Youngstown, Ohio. And, of course, it's going to create massive, wonderful employment for all the people in that area. I think they're going to be very grateful. We tried to get him to say that he was going to run for the Senate, and he, he, just, won't, he just won't bite. But I got a funny feeling in the next couple of days People are going to hear some kind of announcement. He's acting a bit like a politician today, being a little coy, you know. But, <laughs> but he's not. He really is not a politician at all. And if you get to know him, as I've got to know him in the last, uh, the last year or so a little bit, he is a very direct person, says what he thinks. And I think um, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wait anxiously for the next few days what's going to see what's going to happen. But, Mike, I wanted to, you're a, an international businessman. You, you do business in Ireland. You have a company in Ireland, I believe. Um, uh, well, actually, we don't have a partner right now, but we, our headquarters is in Dublin. Of our, or We have a partnership of 34 investment banks around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I told you I have the opportunity to have four dinners a year in, in Dublin because uh, when I was chairman, I'm now chairman of the board, of the, of, of the board but... Uh, when I was chairman of the organization, I moved the headquarters from Dusseldorf to Dublin. No, yeah, largely because I couldn't understand German law. So. <laughs> a wise man. <laughs> so, uh, how do you find? Do you do actual business in Ireland? Uh, yeah, we've we've done business, a lot of business over the years with Kerry, which is a very Kerry large Gold. Food, Kerry Gold, it's a large food company. The butter company. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> oh, they're, they're, they're in extensive uh, holdings, and and Cement Road Stone Holding, we've done business with. You know, they're always in the mix. Uh, 
And in order to sell a business optimally now, uh, you've really got to do an international auction. So oftentimes there'll be Irish companies competing. Mm-hmm. I know Pat Lennon here in uh, Cleveland. He owns Berardi Coffee Company mm-hmm. and North Shore Strapping. Pat does a lot of business with Kerry Gold mm-hmm. in their coffee business, yes. Berardi Coffee. They sell um, mixes and teas and coffee mixes. Oh, yeah, and, they, uh, but Pat, and they keep acquiring. We sold one business. It was... Uh, it was ingredients, or it was a, a syrup uh, company That's, out of yep. Mansfield, uh, and they, you know, I mean, over the years we sold many, but uh, uh, you know they're very active and they're a big company in the U.S. Oh, uh, yeah, they have, is it twenty thousand people they yeah. have? Yeah. Uh, they and and we mentioned earlier Roadstone. That's right. another big Irish company. Yes. CRS Roadstone. CRH's I think it's called. Or CRH. Yeah. CRH Roadstone. They have about 15 or 20,000 people employed in this country, in too, because it's not all one way. You know, a lot of people complain about a lot of the companies leave here and to go to Ireland. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Irish companies have been very successful investing here in America, haven't yes, they? Yes, they have. Yeah, and the German companies, and uh, I mean, think of Siemens, and uh, you know, we've, we've done business with, with many of these companies, and they often have more employees here in the United States than they do in their own uh, home country. Mm. Um, Mike, for this, what does the state of Ohio need most? Now, I know, um, I suppose everybody says jobs, but how do you do that? Well, and, and let me mention, because you've mentioned Ed Crawford, who was mm-hmm. our Irish ambassador, a very good friend, a great man. Um, I mentioned Steve Burns. Mm-hmm. You take those two people, and they're responsible for thousands of jobs in Ohio. And the ripple effect from and, that, too. And yes, they're wealthy, and there's a reason they're wealthy. They took huge risk. Eddie Crawford came here, and his car broke down driving through Cleveland. That's yeah, why he's right. here. He started with nothing. Steve Burns went to Cincinnati Moeller High School. He's a billionaire now. Mm-hmm. Um, these people take the risk, put themselves out there. They're the, they're the prime movers that make our economy work. And to, and, and to, de- to denigrate those people because they're wealthy, is, is just an abomination. As opposed to a politician. That's right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, the, and the politicians go with it because it gets them some votes. Our po- political system is sick. And, and I, I think each of the parties, um, individuals start running for office. Many of the people you're voting for, the only thing they've ever done in their lives is win an election. You tell me how they have the knowledge to help this state economically, they don't. And that was always my pitch when I ran for the Senate the last time. Uh, if you have grown up, <laughs> you spent your entire adult life running for office, you know one thing, how to run for office. And you just kind of bide your time when you're in office, getting ready for the next election. And you ride on the coattails of the business That's person. Right. That I, exactly, the and the business people donate. And uh, uh, I want to change that. Uh, Right now we have a uh, head of our party, state party, Jane Timken, who didn't do a particularly good job. We lost three, and I'm a Republican, so we lost three seats in the Supreme Court while under her watch. Um, and she has now aligned herself with establishment people, and she is going to attempt to ram her way into the Senate, Senate uh, seat. And it's all a few people making decisions for us, the people. And we've got to take, the people have to take the parties back. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I'm an outsider. I'm going to run as an outsider because that's exactly what I am. I've donated to, to candidates that I think represent my uh, philosophy and, and, and ideology, but I really haven't ever been involved in politics other than the last election, and I learned an awful lot about how these decisions are made. And I think if people care about our country, they should put the best person in. I don't care what their background is. Doctor, lawyer, too many lawyers probably. <laughs> and I'm a law school graduate, but I never practiced law, so I, I'm never going to claim to be a lawyer. Uh, but we need to get people of diverse backgrounds that have knowledge. But you know, I can tell you that Lordstown was in a position, I as a, as, as a lifetime investment banker knew that we had reduced the execution risk of this of this transaction to about as low as you get for a startup. We got zero help in the state of Ohio and from the federal government. Zero. Now that we've raised all this money and the company's worth four billion dollars, everybody's belling up to the bar and they're all willing to give us money. But it's the the Steve Burnses of the world that make jobs. They take the risk you know, beyond the fact that Steve Burns is just a hell of a guy, mm -hmm. um, this guy went out there and put his entire family at risk to get this thing done. It was a dream of his. Could have lost everything. He could have lost everything. And he was, and by the way, he, we were very close because of COVID and all those things that just caused an absolute mess. And as I said, it was a divine intervention. I'll never take credit for this transaction. We got them ready to go. Uh, they used our materials. We set the company up. There, when we started, there wasn't a word written about the company. We had to do create the company and the concept of the company. Steve's been able to hire top-notch people. We have the first two heads of production from Tesla at it, living in Lordstown right now and, and, and going to produce these vehicles. So this guy has done one heck of a job. He's the hero, not these elected uh, officers in, in our state. The, the governor's not a hero. Steve Burns is a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that Tim Ryan is going to be taking some credit for this? Well, he already he, has, and he, has he? he also helped zero. <laughs> did he? The best thing he did was push to the front of the line so he could get his picture taken at Lordstown because he almost knocked me over to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Tim, huh? <laughs> Tim. Uh, I, thought, I thought for a while that uh, Tim was going to become kind of the... Uh, Joe mentioned of um, of the Congress, but no, he's he's uh, he's become woke. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about woke. Everybody says, "Oh, you got to be woke." Wokeism is built built on a thing called critical race theory. It is the most destructive philosophy and ideology yet to arise. It's more dangerous than Marxism. Mm -hmm. It divides us as as identity groups. Um, and they've rejected reason, science, and facts as a Western contrivance that has allowed the whites to remain in power. That's their, that's their theory. And if you don't believe me, read about it. That's being introduced to our, into our grade schools. We've got to do something about it. And Mike DeWine has been asleep at the switch. He appoints eight people to the state school board. All eight of those people voted to make critical race theory a resource for the education of our elementary school kids. It's abominable. And uh, you know, we've got to get this country back to where we all believe we're Americans and we're all working in the same direction. And you're not going to do it 
with the accepted theory that rejects 70% of the country. Because 70% of the country is are white people. And they don't even have a voice at the table. Part of the theory is that they aren't even able to debate the issues as if they're standing as white people. That's not a philosophy you build a country on. Okay. E pluribus unum. That's right. That's right. Great stuff. We're going to talk more. But right now, Eddie, do you have something to say to me? Yeah. Why aren't you by the phone? <laughs> okay. No calls. That's why. Oh, I'm okay. Not. People are listening. That's good. I'm you here can call to us disrupt. at 216-901-0945. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, here's um, the moon on Clancy's wing. This guy used to play at the Dubliner Pub in, in uh, Washington, D.C. His name was Danny Doyle. Mike, you might have seen him there. I know you're... You were often in Washington. There was a pub there called the Dubliner. Oh, yeah. You know, you know it. Know this guy used to play there. His name is Danny Doyle. Sadly, he passed away a few years ago. But here he is. Here's Danny. Last night I tried to sing an Irish love song But it wasn't really coming from the heart Till my memory took me back again To a small bar in New Orleans Where an old man played the violin And I sang and played guitar I was just a country boy The old man's name was Clancy Clancy lit a fire in me He made me sing and dance I was young and he had hair of silver We charmed the hard-earned leather off their shoes And the toil-worn men from here to Oklahoma Would sit and ache with longing as we sang the songs of Aaron Of warrior priests and minstrel kings Of hearts and harps and heroes Clancy's dancing fingers Would wrap them in a spell When Clancy played the violin He set my heart to music The words fell out like tears while heaven whispered in the strings At night when the bars are closing And the drunks begin to sing It's not the Milky Way they see It's the moon on Clancy's wings September morning, Clancy took me by the hand. He bowed his head and whispered, Lad, I'm going home. The old bow arm is cramping up, the fingers slowing down. I can't take another winter on the road. Three years on a letter came, postmarked Donegal. It had followed me around the world and found me in St. Paul. A 
Closely written, careful hand said Clancy's played his final tune. He must have loved him dearly to have taken him so soon. When Clancy played the violin, he set my heart to music. The words fell out like tears while heaven whispered in the strings. At night when the bars are closing and the drunks begin to sing, it's not the Milky Way they see, it's the moon on Clancy's wings. Each night when the bar is closing, this drunk begins to sing. It's not the Milky Way I see, it's the moon on Clancy's wings. Oh, there he is, the great Danny Doyle here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420, 16 minutes past the hour of 11 o'clock. You can call us at 216-901-0945. I say Eddie's phones are suddenly kind of busy back there. He must be giving something away. Hey, do we have any more of those pictures? Remember the ones we gave from the fireplace company? Where are those? No, I don't know. Eddie, um, Eddie or... Did Eddie take them all or? home? No. Okay, no, I don't know. They're not, they're gone. Oh, oh yeah. they're gone. Oh, Jerry, oh, yeah. I'm actually using one in a basket for our residence at Regina. Be careful, that's a valuable basket. painting, you know. I know, I'm putting together a little basket for people's morale. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're always raffling off things, Connie. Well, I am, and that's for. Right, I wonder for when you're going to raffle me off. Right, maybe. That's maybe you would. Uh, well, we don't it. know how much money you'll get in. So <laughs> nobody, nobody. Yes. Else, well, when <coughs> date with Jerry I know, right, right. <laughs> Nobody would pay anything for me. Yeah. I think I think Nelly would pay them to get rid of me. Of yeah. course, now now that right. we're out of debt and we're we're investing in uh, the new electric pickup truck from Mike Gibbons. <laughs> She's going to say to me when I go home, "You're going to make me rich finally, aren't you?" Right, right. <laughs> so, um, so Mike, talk, let, let's go back to the um, the truck a bit and the the, the company itself. Right, it's on the mar- on the stock market right, under R I D R I D E, and I right, bought. I must tell you, I bought some and stock. And I'm a, I'm a uh, registered broker dealer, so I know I can't make any recommendations, um, and, and I'm not about to recommend anything as a as an individual stock. But I will tell you that. Um, you know, it's, there's always risk associated with startups. Uh, this company's very important. This company's very important to, uh, to Ohio. And I don't think you make investments just because it's important to Ohio. But the people they have, and you can review the prospectus, uh, they have a plant unlike any other electric vehicle company other than Tesla. Um, and they just have great people. As I said, the two top... Uh, the, the, the two uh, initial production, heads of production at Tesla, Rick Schmidt uh, and another individual are now uh, running production at, at uh, Lordstown. Rich has been announced he's the new president. Uh, 
Um, Steve's made great moves. Uh, we'll have to see how it comes out, but uh, obviously I think uh, I think the people they've assembled are just terrific, and uh, they've got a great leader with vision, and I think we'd like to see Ohio become the, the center of electric vehicle production mm -hmm. and, uh, and renew our automotive uh, capabilities that we lost you know mike i heard a story recently and, and i won't <coughs> i won't name the person but he was a very rich man here in cleveland and he had an assistant working for him and his assistant said he says you know ralph he says i want to be as rich as you <laughs> and uh, ralph said to him he says mike joe whatever his name was he says you never will be and he said why is that do you think i'm not as smart as you Oh, he says, you might even be smarter than me. He said, but you won't do what I do. And he said, what is that? He said, I risk every single thing I have. Yes. My pension, my house, my every penny to my name. I will risk it on something I believe in. Yeah. You will never do well, that. Well, that's what Steve Burns did. That's what Eddie Crawford did. Um, the, as I said, these are the people that make our country great. Mm -hmm. Really? And it's not the politicians. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I want to talk with the term limits again. Do you think it's right for somebody to go into Congress or into the Senate and end up with a pension almost as much as their salary? I think if you serve one term or two terms in Congress, you're entitled to a pension. Is that correct? Well, if I ever get in the position to vote on that, I agree with you 100 percent. The only the only motivation they have is to keep running so their pension gets bigger. Mm -hmm. um, Why do they need a pension? Well, usually by the time they've been in office for a while, they're wealthy. <laughs> that that always bothers that's, me too. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, Joe Joe Biden does not have uh, has not made more than one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. I don't know what his last salary uh, is. Uh, maybe it was two fifty as as vice president, but he's worth nine million dollars. I thought it was nineteen million. Uh, the last I saw, it was nine. But mm -hmm. Harry Reid, who was the uh, president of the Senate for many years, a Democrat who you know talks about the ugly rich people uh was worth 300 million how do they get that wealthy well just like romney he never paid his taxes <laughs> well that that's always you know kind of a ridiculous thing the people the irs comes after are the people that make the most money i can guarantee you their returns have been been gone through with a fine-tooth comb Donald Trump had to be audited every year. So you may not like the tax law, then change it. But Donald Trump paid every nickel that was due. These idiots that say that somehow he wasn't paying his taxes, it's a joke. Everybody pays their taxes or they're going to end up in jail. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, the, it's the guys that make a lot of money that, that reap the most rewards if they can find anything for, for the IRS, if they can find anything that's you know, amiss. There's nothing amiss in Donald Trump's tax return no. at all. No. Yeah. Hey, Mike, I got to play another so, song here. Let all me right. mention term limits. Oh, yeah. Term we need them. Yeah. We need them. Well, what would uh, you say, like four terms as Congressman, which would be eight years and two terms as senators? I think that would be perfect. Uh, now, the problem is, no and, and everybody will tell you this, that if you don't stay in office, you don't gain power. But if everybody had term limits, they'd actually have to pick the best people to be the leaders. Mm -hmm. They don't do that now. Now it's you've been in office for 40 years, so you're a leader. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not good for our country. And, of course, they get the, the choice jobs in the Senate and the Congress by, from longevity. That's right. And, and, by the way, if I win, 
there's no way I can be in that many terms because I'm going to be pushing up daisies before uh, before I get to those uh, years <laughs> in service. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back with more of Mike. Stand by. Don't go away. <laughs> here's uh, here's a little lady that we interviewed here in the program uh, a few months ago. Her name is Deirdre Riley, or D. Riley, as she's called now, and she sings about Kelly uh, of Killan. <laughs> What's the news? What's the news? Oh, my bold chandelier with your long barrel gun from the sea. Say what wind from the south blows his messenger here with the hymn of the dawn for the free. Goodly news, goodly news, do I bring you the fourth? Goodly news shall you hear, Bargy Man. For the boys march at morn from the south to the north, led by Kelly the boy from Killan. his height with some inches to spare and he looks like a king in command all oh, my lads that's the pride of the bold chandeliers among our greatest of heroes a man fling your beavers aloft and give three rousing cheers for john kelly the boy from killan It is 11.26 here on the Irish Show on WHK. We get better get this song, and then I'm going to come back and talk more to Mike Gibbons. Eddie, what have you got? Okay, it, this is uh, Terry Donovan called in. Uh, Alistair Wright just passed away, 99 years old. In, 
in charge of the Scottish band. Him uh, and I went to grade school together. together. Well, I said, you can teach ancient history from personal experience. I know that, General. Okay, uh, yeah, but it, we're, we've got the Irish soldier. We got it up oh, here. I mean, Scottish soldier. Oh, the Irish soldier. Oh, Kyle Dunn does it. By, by the way, Jerry Donovan, he, I know he's glued to the radio listening to Mike Gibbons because he has worked for Ford Motor Company all his life. Yeah. And I mean, you talk, he was a union leader for Ford Motor Company, but I never met anybody in, in my life that was so invested in the company. He really, he, he was the president of the union, but he thought everybody should go to work, do a day's work every year, every day. And anyone that didn't work, Jerry Donovan would say, come on, we got a company to run here. We have, these are jobs that we have to protect. I mean, very caring about how his company was, um, uh, was run. Okay, here's, his, here's your call done. A soldier, a Scottish soldier, who wandered far away and soldiered far away. There was none bolder with good broad shoulder. He fought in many a fray and fought and won. He'd seen the glory, he told the story of battles glorious and deeds victorious. But now he's sighing, his heart is crying to leave those green hills of Tyrol. Because those green hills are not Highland hills, are the island's hills, they're not my land's hills, and fair as these green foreign hills may be, they are not the hills of The soldier, the Scottish soldier, who wandered far away and soldiered far away, sees leaves are falling and death is calling, and he will fade away in that far land. He called his piper, his trusty piper, and bade him sound away a pibroch sad to play upon the hillside, a Scottish hillside, not on those green hills of Tyrol because those green hills are not Highland hills are the island's hills they're not my land's hills and fair as these green foreign hills may be they are not the hills of home and now the soldier the Scottish soldier will wander far no more and soldier far no more. Now on a hillside, a Scottish hillside, you'll see a piper play the soldier home. He's seen the glory, he's told the story of battles glorious and deeds victorious. The bugle cease now, he is at peace now, far from those green hills of Tyrol. Because those green hills are not Highland hills, are the island's hills, they're not my land's hills. And fair as these green foreign 
barren hills may be, they are not the hills of home. Because those green hills are not Highland hills, are the island's hills, they're not Myland's hills, and fair as these green foreign hills may be, they are not the hills of Well done is his name here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Now this message from John O'Neill from O'Neill Healthcare. When locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care on Cleveland's west side for more than 50 years. Whether needing assisted living, memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care with compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us at 440-808-5500 or visit us online at O'NeillHC.com. Improve your golf game with Golf Tech. Take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology. Golf Tech has six area locations. Your golf game goes further with Golf Tech. Visit one of Northeast Ohio's Golf Tech locations or go to golftech.com. Golf Tech, proven path to proven results. In the studio with me this morning is uh, Mike Gibbons, investment banker. And we're trying to extract from him a commitment that he might run for the Senate. We'll, well, he dodged it, but we're going to ask him now something else. I want to, I want to ask him about the Keystone Pipe, Pipeline, one of my favorite, favorite subjects to talk about. I've been on uh, Facebook about it. Uh, but I just want to go back to something for a minute. We were talking about the, the term limits. And most of the people I notice on Facebook today, right, left, Democrat, Republican, they all seem to favor term limits. I, I think if it went to a I vote, Mike, yep. I think it would pass overwhelming. They'll never let it get to a vote. And we probably need a constitutional amendment. Really? Yeah. That's the only way. That's pretty hard to get. Of course, you probably could get it, though. What is it, 35 well, states? It, it, no, you've got to get, uh, get 60, you know, 6% of the states of the states and you probably could do it i believe you could do oh, it. oh i think so too yeah, because it would be voted you know for by each one of those states uh anyway michael i was quite upset when i when i saw the um the president cancel the keystone pipeline yeah. and i'm hearing that he may be canceling other pipelines too because america is dotted with pipelines all through this country every place you go but those are some critical ones. The Keystone was a, a huge, uh, I think it was like a 24-inch or a 36-inch yes. pipeline. Uh, what, what do you think about this? Well, I think, you know, the Democrats are great for symbolic moves that have massive intense, unintended consequences, and that's exactly what this is. 
Uh, you know, they, they claim to stand for the environment. They claim to stand for, you know, uh, preventing global warming to, to, to uh, wreck our world. Uh, and by canceling the Keystone Pipeline, they're actually increasing the carbon production in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, that, that oil is going to come through the United States one way or another. Mm -hmm. Either that or it's going to go offshore to probably somebody that doesn't like the United States very much. We have, we have uh, energy independence right now, and they're doing their best to make sure we don't. Uh, it, because you, you start canceling the Canadian oil, it's a big part of what could be used to get to help us continue that independence, and I'd much rather be buying oil from Canada than I would be from Saudi Arabia or Iran yeah, or, or Iran. But when you th when you t pipe pipelines don't create carbon, the trucks that are now going to transport this oil to the United States do create carbon. How about Warren Buffett's train? Well, it, you have the risk of derailments. You have the risk of of disasters with with trains exploding and with with uh, flammable oil aboard um, in in their diesel locomotives so they're pr producing carbon like crazy transporting this oil the oil is going to come to the United States because we live in a free market um, all those environmentalists and all those global warming people are driving their cars to wherever they're speaking about stopping creating carbon Al Gore, who's Mr. Environmental, is flying around in a jet, creating as much carbon as the average city every, every year, or average small town every year. It, it, they're hypocrites. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to put it. What about John Kerry? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he's still out there talking. Um, he makes no sense to me. I think, you know, you, you might not like Donald Trump's personality. I get that. But I want to tell you something. Donald Trump did some great things. The Abraham Accords, if they blow that, you know, it, just because Donald Trump put it in place, it will be a sad day for the United States. Um, you know, we have a Democrat Party that claimed that Donald Trump was the next Fuhrer, that, that he was going to be a dictator, that he was authoritarian. And we had a record number of executive orders issued on the first day of the Biden administration which absolutely are the most anti-democratic things that can happen. Mm -hmm. You know, Obama was the one that said, you know, I don't like our system here. I've got a pen uh, and a telephone, and that's how I'm going to make things happen. Well, that's what Biden has taken up as his mantra, and he is doing it ten times. A lot more, Obama though. Did. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's out of control. And, you know, I'm just waiting for 2022 because— mm -hmm. I think Americans are intelligent enough to know what's going on. Do you think there'll be uh, a change in the Congress in 2022? I think I'm hoping we'll sweep the Congress. And what about the Senate? Well, I think 50-50. We'll, I, I think anybody that's up, that that's in a that has a good Republican candidate, and I think outsiders are still in uh, are still in vogue. I think that if we can get some outsiders in that uh, aren't worried about getting reelected and start telling the truth. We'll have we'll put the, set this country back on track. What did you think of this, Vice President, Vice President Harris? Yes. When Colbert asked her, "Will the riots continue?" and she says, "I think I got this right." She says they will continue up to the election, and after the election, and I think they should continue. Oh, I mean, what uh, do you think of that? Statement? I think she should be impeached. 
I mean, if this is if the standards for impeachment are what they are now, I think you have legitimate grounds to impeach Pelosi, um, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. I guess you're supposed to call her, although she calls herself Kamala. <laughs> Um, I think one Fox News reporter, I think it was Tucker Carlson, was was chastised because he called her Kamala instead of Kamala. And then the next day she was in Cleveland and called herself Kamala. <laughs> but, uh, no, there's, uh, uh, it, it's, the riots were just what, what they were. If there was a, if you look at the pictures of what happened at the Capitol and you look at the pictures of what happened to our cities across the country with $2 billion worth of damage, the insurrection wasn't at the Capitol. That was a bunch of clowns that uh, uh, that don't represent the values. Of I the didn't Republican see any Party. police cars burning. Or the no, building no. wasn't on fire, was <laughs> right. it? No, no. Well, well you know, or the courthouse was, wasn't on fire. It, but no, it's uh, they didn't set it on fire the way they set uh, the precinct. Uh, headquarters. There was no fire at all at the Capitol. No, no, no. I mean, I think they tried, but Portland. But you know, I I have to believe though. that the radicals were involved in that, and some of them call themselves Republicans, maybe because they, they have more right-wing beliefs. These aren't people that represent our values. Um, when I saw that, it was, it, I, it was a sad day. And, uh, and I don't think any Republican that is truly a Republican ever could, could, uh, could support anything that went on in the Capitol that day. I saw Donald Trump give his speech. I think it, the entire impeachment uh, effort is a complete joke, and I think he'll be acquitted. Oh, and, yeah. uh, uh, Mike, there's a $1.9 trillion stimulus supposed to be, yes. uh, it's going to pass, it seems. But what about the trillion that is sitting there hasn't been used yet? There well, is a, there's almost, tr it's 900 and something uh, that's, billion. That, you know, I, I guess they just lost that money and they're going to find it someday and send it out. But the Democrats have come to office promising people stuff. And $1.9 trillion is a lot of stuff. It is. So uh, we're not going to stop it. They're going to do it through rec reconciliation, and uh, it's going to get rammed through. It'll be good for the economy, I guess. Uh, at some point, with our $26 trillion worth of national debt, we're going we're gonna to pay the piper at some point. I don't know when that's going to be, because most of the countries in the world are laden with debt, just like the United States. But at some point, we have to get people to buy our bonds, uh, and, and a lot of it is bought by China, um, although they've cut back uh, considerably over the last five or six years, um, actually 10 years. But, uh, uh, you know, we're going to be in trouble. We're, we're never going to pay that debt back. Do you know who the fourth largest holder of Treasury bonds is? You'd be surprised. Ireland. Oh, really? Yes. Well. See now, a big finance man <laughs> like you. I hope it's true because I read it now. I, I read it. Yeah. That, Check that it out, though, Mike. Me, but that, that's very possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, people try to diversify their holdings. Uh, and I guess if you look at uh, the strongest country in the world economically, one that even has, uh, uh, you know, that is still a democracy uh, other than China, who are you going to invest in? And I wouldn't invest in China. Mike, I'm going to break away for a minute and play uh, and play a piece of music, and then I'm going to ask you when you when we come back, if you were giving advice to some young person today, somebody would say in high school, mm -hmm. and if they want to be successful or say, I don't know if the, any of us could ever reach the heights that you have in the business world. How do you do it? I mean, does it, just think about what you would tell them. Well, if you were, I know what I would I tell them. Okay. So I'll be ready. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. 
All right, here are coming up, we're going to hear from Natalie McMaster, probably one of the best fiddle players in the world today. Here she is.
there she is, Natalie McMaster. You may have rem- you may remember she played with the Cleveland Orchestra one time. That's how good she is. You know, for generations, Chambers Funeral Home has been a part of the great history of Northeast Ohio, providing meaningful funeral services what Chambers strives to provide. Pre-planning your future funeral arrangement is a wise and sensible choice in estate planning, and Chambers can help assist you and your family. From traditional burial services to cremation service, the funeral directors at Chambers are skilled in assisting families of all faiths and financial abilities. Please call Chambers Funeral Home at 216-251-6566 or visit them at chambersfuneral.com and they will be honored to discuss all of the many options available to you and your family as we commemorate a life well lived. Chambers Funeral Homes are proud to be family-owned and operated and helping greater Cleveland families since 1933. There are three locations in the Cleveland area now to serve you. You can call them at 216-251-6566. It's 1147 here on the show, on the Irish show on WHK. And Mike Gibbons is with us. We're wrapping up. Tom Kelly comes up at the top of the hour. I asked Mike before the break. Uh, what advice you would give to any young person today wanting to succeed in the business world? Because I think that's where the biggest success is and the biggest rewards to society is the person that succeeds in business. What would you say, that's Mike? That's right. Uh, we're all in it together, and the people that are, are taking the risks and, and working hard are the ones that uh, help society the most, I believe. Well, you know, everybody says you got to make the right decisions when you're 20 and 21 and 22. Um, but I think it starts earlier than that. I think when you're 13 and 14 and 15 years old, you make decisions that are going to set the path for the rest of your life, and you've got to make good decisions. You've got to go to the right schools, and instead of going and playing video games, you've got to sit down and do your studying. Um, I was never a great student, but I managed to get pretty good grades. <laughs> and, uh, and so, it, you know, it, it, it was always difficult for me. I wanted to do something else. Uh, but when when uh, when something has to get done, you got to complete it. Mm-hmm. When you when you go into business, uh, you know a lot of people go in and say, you know, when do I have to come and when do I have to leave? When can I leave? That's not the right attitude. The right attitude is I want to do better than anybody else here. I want to be there uh, until I've done everything I possibly can to improve that business that day. You know, if if you say, well, I don't own the business. So, you know, the guy that does is rich, and you need to do the most you can for your employer every day. And I can tell you, I went through many years. I, I got out of, uh, I had my internship at McDonald. I got a job there. A guy named John O'Brien believed in me. He was a St. Ed's grad, though. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and brilliant guy. That uh, was an awful liability and, right and, there. And, he, <laughs> ga- <laughs> and he, ga- he gave me my chance, and, and I, uh, I have a lot of, I'm indebted to him greatly. Um, but uh, I wanted to go to law school. I couldn't afford it, and I said, fine, I'm going at night. So my first, it took me five years to get through. Um, in the first year of law school, you had to take the, a full load, five courses, and, uh, and I was working full-time, and, you know, I would work 20 hours a day, and I'd try to catch up on, on the weekends, but usually I didn't. If you want to succeed, you have to outwork the people around you. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, if you outwork them, you will, and you work intelligently, you will succeed. But you know, it's too late when you're uh, if, if you don't do all that groundwork ahead of time. 
and you you know you, people still make it when at 50 and 60 yes but it's it's a pro, it's a progression you've got to start young and stick to it and you will succeed we live in the greatest country in the world i'm a walking talking example of the american dream it still exists for those that want to go out and do the work to take it okay now mike one other thing uh, before this um this virus hit upon us uh we hold a Mayo Society ball every year. And last year, before the virus, you were picked as the Mayo person of the year. Isn't that nice? Yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> and we uh, we had to kind of keep it we had to keep it quiet because we had to cancel the ball. Right. So I don't know if we're gonna be able to have it this year or not, but I, I remember calling you up and you said to me, you graciously said, well, if we can't do it, I said, will you accept it next year, meaning this year? <laughs> <laughs> Are we still on board, William? Yeah, you're still yeah. on board. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we're hoping we can do it this year. If we can't, it'll have to be next we'll year. We'll roll but it we'll over another year. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's I, good. I'm, I'm not, um, I, I always feel, you know, a, in a funny position at, at these I know, you things. told me you hated awards. You don't <laughs> like me, you don't get it. But, um, well, we kind of use you too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll, you'll be you able know, to spring a pretty good donation. We yeah. have kind of selfish motives too, you know. The Mayo <laughs> Society is noted for our Cleveland Mayo Society is noted for that. Well, we but you are in very bucks. good company with Eddie Crawford. Oh yes. And uh, your friend Kevin O'Donnell and Jack Kale. Most of them, you know. Yes. Yes. But uh, Jim Boland. Jim Boland. Uh, Chris Connors. You know, Connors, I think you know yeah. all of them. So I gave you the the newest newsletter. They have all their pictures are in it. Yes. So hopefully. When the next one comes out next year, the sure picture will be the most recent one. Hopefully, I'll take so, a better picture than so I that normally do. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you, thank you, Mike, for coming in Thanks today. Thanks for having me. Jerry. And we're looking for uh, the big news this week. We'll all be watching the um, Plain Dealer or whatever Cleveland.com or whatever comes out. And I don't think there's much of a Plain Dealer anymore. I, I don't think. Well, I get it. It's uh, it's. It's become woke. <laughs> <laughs> it sure has. So we're going to close out because we are coming up to the end of the program with this little piece that was, um, it was a group of Irish musicians got together at the uh, Washington Performing Arts Center and it was recorded. All the famous traditional musicians were together and they recorded this piece in Washington. It's all traditional. In fact, it was shown on PBS many years ago. Here it is. <laughs>
Well, folks, it's that time again. we got to move aside. Tom Kelly and company are coming up at the top of the hour, so make sure you stay with Tom until 2 o'clock today. Our program is brought to you by Terry Coyne of Newmark Knight Frank, Chambers Funeral Home, Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant in Valley City, Golf Tech, Joyce Buick GMC, O'Neill Healthcare, P.J. McIntyre's Irish Pub and Restaurant, Vincent's Barbershop on East 185th Street, and the Western Reserve Insurance Group. All of these good folks bring you the Irish Show this morning on WHK AM 1420. Back at the again next Sunday morning right here on WHK AM 1420 and on the internet at whkradio.com. I leave you with the immortal words of John Locke when he wrote, Oh, Ireland, is the grandeur look like a bride in a rich adorning. And with all the pent-up love in my heart, I bid you the top of the morning. I'm Jerry Quinn. Good day. Preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know better than anyone that the mattress industry is full of myths. Mattress companies spread misinformation to mislead customers about their features and prices. One of those myths is that two-sided mattresses are old-fashioned. Today's mattresses don't need to be flipped and rotated, they say. But today's one-sided mattresses just aren't as durable. That's why OMF still hand-builds two-sided mattresses, because it's what's best for our customers. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. We know nothing shows you've had a good night's sleep quite like a serious case of good old bedhead. When you wake up and your hair is sticking up at all angles and you can't quite remember what year it is, that's how you can be sure you got the rest you really needed. The Original Mattress Factory is a proud supporter of bedheads everywhere. 